Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb Dot listeners. I'm sitting with Dr. Alexandrade and Dr. Daniel Rockers, and this is Dr. Saide Malikafsali speaking. Um, today, um, we are sitting here at Radio Bomb Dot, and we were discussing jury duty and how uh, some people are thinking differently from what the law now is in place. We all know that there are jurors and um, when there's a big decision on um, something that has happened, there's a judge, there are jurors, um, there are lawyers and everybody works um, together or against and they finalize their decision. So I was sharing with my colleagues that in one of our um, visiting uh, family and friends, they were lawyers, they were young people, they were all different professions and very educated people sitting um, from all different fields. And um, one of the lawyers who was uh, recently joining the group, um, he was uh, there and because of guests uh, of him, uh, discussions went over the laws and how people um, can have saying or can be active in law, or whether um, law, we can sit back as citizens and let things happen. And in this discussion and conversation came the juror's duty and the jury duty that every citizen uh, here and there gets the summon and um, you have to participate. Um, and then they pick you or they don't. And all this discussion came up. And as a result, um, the final conversation and maybe a debate was over whether it's better to have three judges rather than jurors or is it better to have jurors so obviously the lawyer was fighting and was for the system and what is in place and especially the young people um, they were sort of arguing that it would be better to have three judges and let them who know the law, who have experience to make their final decisions because the jurors are ordinary people who may be prejudiced, who may not know anything about law, who may just be emotional. And this discussion was really taking for a long time. And today, before we start the show, I was telling our, my colleagues, so today we're gonna open this conversation. And I would like to hear from uh, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. Well, I want to know as a question, sorry, why, why three? Why not five? Why not seven judges? Oh. Why would it just be three? I mean, that's maybe that's a little too few. Or what's I want to know the thinking behind why are why are three judges any better to decide on people than people on people. Besides that, there's already a, in a, let's say in a trial, already in a trial, you've got attorneys who are, who know the law, attorneys on each side, and they're going to lay out the law for all the jurors, right? Isn't that the process that goes? That's what I was wondering too. It's like, I mean, the, the job of the lawyers is to explain it to the people, which these 12 people represent, you know, a general sample. So it's like, they're having to take that extra step of, having their knowledge of the legal, um, you know, the laws and explain it to everyday people. And I think that's important because then otherwise, if there's too big of a distinction between lawyers and everyday people, it's like, okay, well, the lawyers are doing something. We don't know what they're doing. The legal system is doing something and we, the people aren't connected to it. And then, so they could be dictating the, the laws and, and, you know, what is accessible. Then we could feel, people could feel like we're, you know, we're powerless in that way that the law dictates versus us being able to say, oh, we're part of the system. Our say is valued in some way. I think part of the argument was that there's always one or two people uh, among the jurors that they manipulate. But I don't know. I haven't been in jury duty. Uh, I mean, sitting as jurors, I've called, I've been called many times um, and every single time, for some reason, it was either resolved or canceled or 
I've never been interviewed even. I haven't gone to that point. But um, one of the things I remember was uh, among the conversation was uh, there's always a um, couple of people who, um, you know, manipulate the rest and not everybody has their own ideas. There are different people with different mindset that they can go here or there. So I haven't been, have you, any of you been in the jurors at all? I've not been in the jurors, but to go back to something you're talking about, that may be that some people are manipulated or manipulators, but there is also the jury selection process called voir dire that is psychology is involved in that. And what happens is that the attorneys are screening people for the jury. So that way they're not going to get, they don't want to get people who are going to be slanted one way or the other. I mean, that's the extent of my knowledge of why dear process, but I know that a lot of times psychologists are employed to help the attorneys check and see, are these people, are they going to be a fair juror? Well, and one of the things I was going to say at one of the uh, times that I went to um, one of the issues that uh, I think it was criminal and I was part of the bigger um, selection. And as we were getting closer, closer to um, the time that they picked the jury, the person who was um, uh, in guilt was a young, good-looking man around the age of, um, let's say at that time, maybe between 23 to 25. And um, he was tall and sort of built and was sitting there. And I was looking at him and my heart was dropping because I felt if one of my son was sitting there, how would I have felt? So at that point, I thought if they get to me, they're not going to pick me because I'm going to tell them that I'm emotional right now. I feel like my son is sitting there and without even thinking, I was for that person. Uh, I, I was I was feeling that poor guy. Why is he sitting there? You know, uh, maybe. And then actually in, they let us go and they called us back in the afternoon. The whole time I'm feeling terrible thinking of one of my sons. So when I came in the afternoon, uh, I was sure that if it gets to me, I'm going to explain how I feel and everything. But then they said the case is resolved. I was happy that, you know, we didn't get into, um, because a lot of people had at that point let go. And it was a small selection. And out of that, they wanted to pick probably the 12. And all this time I was thinking, oh gosh, we are getting close. They're going to, if they pick me, what's going to happen and all that. But at that point, I thought I was so emotional about this guy sitting there, you know? Um, So if, psychologists were there and they would, you know, know how I felt. They definitely wouldn't have picked me. Um, But I'm just saying, you know, it just depends what kind of person you are. Can I be a good juror? I don't know. You know, Um, you know, when you um, have all these things in your mind and thinking gray, are you a good person? Because Do you have to be black and white to be a good decision maker? I always think great. I always think all different aspects of everything. So you always give um, benefit of doubt, you know. Um, So I don't know. It's it's hard to just be so determined whether this is this or that. It's interesting. Yeah, I was thinking how, you know, our maybe our moral code doesn't always line up to our, you know, the, the laws in that way. So the idea of like, I may live in a way that I feel is right and just, but that may not be the case legally in regards to determining whether somebody is guilty or not. And so I think it's tricky because it's a great question. You know, what makes somebody a good juror in that way? We all have our own life experiences and our own moral code that we carry with us, but that may even conflict with, uh, you know, the laws. I, I think of you from what I know of you, you're a moral person. So I think it would be easy for you to be a juror. So that's, that's kind of surprising, you know, because it's like those, those aspects of our life 
which is normal, are going to come through in our view of the law and even in the view of a person who's broken the law in that way. Well, here's a question that you guys will enjoy. Do you feel like as a psychologist, your job is to listen to a client and we're talking client, not jury now, but just this will lead into that. Do you feel like it is your job to listen to them and to understand, to be on their side? Or is it more just to understand the problem? Where do you end up going when you are listening and sitting with a client? Great question. I like that question. Let let me give the story and see if this answers that. So I, for a while, part of one of my trainings was working in a a locked facility. And there was a, a patient who had severe mental illness, was there related to legal reasons. Um, And my job was to make sure that people were fit for trial. And so that was that they could understand what a judge was, what not guilty meant. There was literally a list of 20 things that I would read to them and ask them if they understood. Well, this, this individual, I had heard through the security guards that, uh, this individual had recently lost a a sibling and this person was quite severely mentally ill too. So at times they struggled. It seemed like to even be based in reality. But when, upon hearing this, I went and talked to the individual as part of the fit for, for trial. And I just asked like, how are you doing? You know, what's going on? You, you know, heard, you know, you might have some family things going on. And this person shared with me that they, you know, lost a sibling and that it was really hard for them. And interesting part of the story too, is that my supervisor uh, at the time actually got upset with me. He said, that's not your job. That's not your role. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to ask them these questions and see if they're fit for trial, not ask them how they're feeling, not ask them what they're experiencing. That's all you're supposed to do. And I had a really hard time with that because for me, the focus was not just what the person is, you know, not just focusing on the problem as far as is this person understanding the fit for trial. It was also their human experience and what they were going through. Because obviously, if you're going through, you know, the emotional loss of a family member, it can probably impact your responses to those questions. And so for me, along those lines, Daniel, it's probably a combination of both. It's trying to look at the person and understand and connect with them as well as even looking at the situation. Yeah. And uh, I was just thinking, Dan, when you asked this question, for me, it would be a mixture of, um, again, a lot of different things. Because um, my experience for a year, I was working with sex offenders. And also at the same time, I was working with anger management, both of them for a year. Because that was during my practicum when after my um, master's degree, I had to go through the practicum before getting to doctoral program. So um, my thinking at the time, because I was working with this group, uh, some of them were graduating from the session, which hardly ever happened. Maybe just one person throughout the year graduated. But um, sometimes during this time, there were two, three new people coming to the group, um, and I was working with them individually and in the group. And the anger management, the same. With some of them, I was working individually or and with the group. What was happening during the time, they were all men in um, sex offender group. And when I was working with them individually, it was interesting I was working with them as a human because at that time I was hearing them individually, what was going on in their life. But then when it came to that, I was more looking at the problem. I was, um, it was interesting mixture. And then when I was in the group, my responsibility was to work in the curriculum that was set curriculum and um, listen to them, get them on task, get them to listen to me, not let them joke and and talk differently um, rather than focus on the curriculum. And it was a mixture of all this, especially when I was seeing them individually, know them well in their personal life and talking to me, but then 
Also, there was always something in them that as soon as showed up, it took me back to the problem, society, you know, all of that. So it was such a back and forth with every one of them because they couldn't help themselves. They said something or, or did something that all of a sudden brought me to center to, to think of the problem. It reminds me too, it brings up the question. This is something we had to, I had to remind myself and we were reminded of who is the client in this situation. And the situation that I was in, the client was the state. The client was not the individual I was working with. And so again, that's the difference, I think, from a legal perspective, which, you know, as a psychologist, we, uh, we tend to think, or at least I think the client is the person. And so that's, for me, was one of the big, the big challenges, one of the big differences. Great question though, Daniel. Yeah. Well, um, comment on that, but let's do it after break. Okay, sure. We're going to give a break and come back to continue our conversation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من دکتر سعیده ملک افسلی هستم به همراه دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندرادی امروز صحبت هامون رو راجع به هیئت جوری و اینکه آیا سه تا ما جاج داشته باشیم کسانی که قاضی هستند و بزاوت میکنن به عنوان کسانی که تصمیم بگیرن یا اینکه همین هیئت جوری که ما داریم اینا کافی هستش برای اینکه قانون هیئت جوری میذاره مرتبا تمام افرادی که سیتیزن امریکا هستن هر از گاهی ورقه میاد دم خونشون که باید بیان شرکت بکنن صحبت ما از اینجا شروع شد که آیا هیئت جوری کافی هست برای تصمیم گیری رو مسائل مهم یا اینکه داشتن قضات با تجربه در قوانین بهتره ما به یک بریک رسیدیم برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم back with Dr. Daniel Rockers, Dr. Alexandrade, and this is Dr. Saide Malik Absali speaking. Um, the first part of our conversation, if you hadn't listened to us and just turned on your radio, was about question of whether having a, a juror committee, jury committee is better or having more judges uh, who are more in tune with the law, they have better experience. Why do we have uh, the jury committee and um, the conversation started with um, people in a gathering that I was also there started questioning this and that's how we started and we got to a different conversation and now we are back and Dr. Rockers wanted to respond to what uh, Dr. Andrade and I said. Right. And my initial question was something to the effect of Are you, when you see a client as a psychologist, when you see a client, are you more for the client or, I don't even remember what was the other part. Are you thinking? <laughs> or are you uh, thinking of the problem? Yeah. Or problem. The problem. Yeah. The reason I thought of that was because that seems to me like as a juror, what you're trying to do, you're trying to focus on the problem, but also take the person into account. And as a psychologist, I think I, for me, what I do is I'm focused more on connecting with the person, which is, I think, what you were talking about, Alex, and 
because I feel like I need to make really connect with that person. So I really get what is it like to view the world through their eyes and to understand that. And when I do that, when we do that, I think what happens for us is we become not so much an impartial observer of the problem. And I see that as being a potential conflict as a juror, especially as a psychologist might be as a juror, I would see that to be a problem. For me, it brings up the whole idea that as psychologists, we want to be extremely careful about having dual, being in a dual role. Am I on the side of the person, on the side of the problem, becomes person or the law, that sort of thing. So I think for myself, I know that once I see the world as best I can through my client's eyes, I'm no longer such an impartial observer. And so on a jury, I don't, I don't think I would be, I'm, I think it's a good thing to call me. I, I think it reminds me of the idea that we're supposed to be a blank slate, but the reality is like, no, we, we can't be. We, we are skewed and we're impacted by the things that we hear. Even it reminds me too of the argument, like whose values are we emphasizing in the course of treatment when we you know, are telling a person like, you know, they're struggling with, you know, so they steal something, you know, it's like, okay, well, we tend to lean towards that not being a good thing, you know, and it's like, okay, well, now we're kind of imparting our views or the views of society. Where's that line between society's values, our own, theirs. And so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where we're, we're influenced in the work that we do. I think the, the thing we try to do, and again, we're, we're human, so we may not do it perfectly and not that that's the goal, but trying to be balanced, trying to be as fair as we can be and being aware of our own uh, kind of you know, skewing that happens in the course that uh, in the course of the work that we do with an individual. But yeah, that, that definitely echoes too. that would probably play out in the legal system just as much too. I would think so. Well, Alex, when you were interviewing, essentially, it was fitness for jury for trial. For yeah, trial. no, for trial. Yeah, that they were, they were going to undergo trial. Did, and did you just refresh me here? Did you feel like you were pulled in both directions? You must have because the person said, hey, don't be asking those questions. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I did feel because especially it's very early. I think it was the second year of my doctoral like uh, practicums. And so it felt like I come from a therapy practicum where I'm focusing on the client and helping them with their issues, where this was almost the reverse, where it's like the issue was this person's crime and they just had to understand just from a, from a knowledge perspective, you know, it's like, we didn't want to know how they felt about, did they know what a judge was? We didn't want to know how they felt about their crime. That was nothing, not part of the conversation, the topic at all. And the part that I struggled with was even in talking with this person about their grief and the loss of a sibling that was even off guard, even, even for five minutes, even the extra five minutes that I spent you know, I was quote unquote in trouble. Uh, but as you guys know me, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to get me in trouble. You know, I'm going to push back, but uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was different for me. It was different. It was challenging in that way. So it showed me like me working with the legal system, that would be very, there could be some challenges I, I'd imagine, because again, the client was not the individual, the client was the state. What about establishing rapport with the individual so that you could get genuine answers to all those questions you needed to ask? Oh, you would have you would have liked this supervisor because he'd have been like, no, just ask the questions, <laughs> just ask the questions. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah. It was it was challenging. It was challenging. Like there wasn't rapport was not important. It wasn't about connecting with the person. It was are they fit for trial? Yes or no. Ask them the questions. If they refuse to answer. Go to the next question. Say that they didn't want to answer it, and then write that up. That was it. So. Um... Listening to both of you, we are back to the question, because remember, we started with the question whether people who are sitting at the jury uh, committee, are they in tune with the law? Are they going to put emotions and humanity part aside and only look at what happened, look at the problem? So look at three of us. Right now, we're just talking about our experiences, and we realize that we're not going to be a good juror. I mean, I know I won't be a good juror because 
I think being a, a psychologist, being in this field and looking at each person as a whole with everything that is possible, and then also putting yourself into their shoes, understanding them, connecting with them, knowing other stuff in their life, you all of a sudden have a different perspective. And it may just um, doesn't work with the law, you know. So that's why that question came up that as jurors, you know, um, people who are in the law, their uh, attorneys or their judges, their mindset throughout the day, throughout their training, throughout their studying has been always looking at one direction. Psychologists are opposite. And other people, we have worked with them and we know how different each one of the people might be. Um, even from our experiences, we have realized that how many different mindsets you have experienced so far working with people. So now that question becomes even more clear to me that there are people that they feel that, that the jurors could be manipulated by uh, some, um, you know, people in the jury committee. Uh, they may get emotional and won't be able to see things very clearly like the law um, or the lawyers would um, dictate. So again, that question comes up, I think more clearly, why some of the young people are questioning this, that whether it would be three, and as you said, Dan, five judges, but I wanna answer this question, why not five or seven? I guess the shortage of judges, you know, it's not easy to find in every court system five or seven judges for every issue. I don't know. I'm just guessing because in order to get to that position of a judge, you have to have certain qualification. You have to have certain background and experiences. So it seems like that isn't happening. And then with democracy and um, bringing people into the mix, I think we are walking into the world of democracy. But on the other hand, these questions come up that are we doing the right thing? Are, are they making good decisions? I know you both are thinking, um, but um, the, the reason I wanted to really bring this up was that this is something that you hear here and there. And I'm telling you, people who were um, conversing or Welcome back to Culture and Psychology. This is Dr. Alex Andrade with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Uh, Dr. Saideh Malikovzali was affected by nature. The uh, power went out uh, where she's at in Sacramento right now. There's a, a bit of a thunder rainstorm. Well, not thunder, but a pretty big rainstorm. And so, uh, yeah, we're we're dealing with the with nature best we can. So we're gonna go ahead and jump back into it. Uh, Daniel and I are here, hoping uh, Saide can kind of jump back on uh, as soon as power and things get situated. Uh, so yeah, we're talking today about uh, you know the legal system and its current status in regards to jury duty. We've talked about the idea of having multiple judges. Uh, we were just uh, before we got uh, kind of interrupted by nature. Uh, that, you know, how would we go about having several, jur uh, several judges 
what that would look like, how would that impact uh, the legal systems as it currently stands. And so, yeah, I think in one of the things I was going to mention too, Daniel, definitely uh, we can we can go a couple of different ways. I, I think in I think we've been talking about our experience as psychologists in our relation to the law and, and jury duty and judges. But I was thinking for the average person, I think it brings up a couple of things. First, this idea of civil duty. I think for some people, it's like they have a different connection with that idea of this is my civil duty to uh, you know, be a juror. And I think some people, and I know I felt this way, it's, it's a headache. It's, it's like a burden. It's a, it, it impacts my schedule, what I was wanting to do. Nobody says, oh, I got jury duty. That's great. Like, let's, hey, guess what? I get to go to jury duty. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard somebody say that. Uh, I've definitely heard people say, can you write me a note getting out of jury duty? Sure. Um, and so, uh, you know, and I thought, you know, can I write myself a note to get out of jury duty? Like, it's one of those things where people don't feel so excited. So I'm wondering if there's a bit of a, a bias in, in, in regards to thinking that the average person would even you know be interested in retaining that responsibility or that civil duty of being a juror versus being like, you know what, let's just hand that over to people who know or people who are knowledgeable in that. And then I can live my life and not have to worry about that. Well, I suspect that if we did, let's say just hypothetically, if there was three judges or five judges even that would regularly hear the cases and process. One thing that I mentioned or was thinking about was they would probably tend to get hardened. That's what happens to people who deal with certain kinds of problems all day long is they become a little bit hardened, a little bit calloused, and, and then that may change what was set up. And I think what was set up was a democracy by the people and for the people. And I think that's why we have the jury. I suspect if we did do like say three judges, probably cases would go through a lot faster because we wouldn't be messing around with jury selection and all of that sort. But I think one of the problems would be that people get hardened. That's, I think that's human nature in order to deal with that sort of thing. Well, let, let me ask a, yeah, let me ask a, a question. I'm just thinking, what if right now me and you Tomorrow it's in the news. They're switching over and there's, there's time. Me and you, me and you, for whatever reason, we're going to trial and we get to choose. Would you want a judge of, you know, would, would you want three judges or would you want a jury? What would you want individually? I think for myself, I, no, that's a great question. Because yeah, I don't know. To think about what's the benefits of each of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we could say this to somebody else. I think it's easier to be like, Oh yeah. For others. And we're assuming a lot of times if you're in the legal system, you know, there's something that you did. We don't think of, oh, the law happens to people. I think we tend to think, oh, that person did something. But if, you know, you and I, you know, typically, not always, probably typically law abiding individuals, you know, how would we feel like, well, yeah, now we're having to deal with the legal system and wait, hold on. We have a little less control or a little less power in that way. It looks like Side A, Side A, Dr. Malikov Side A is back with us. Welcome. We're, we're talking. We, we did mention, hello, Side A. Hi. All right. All right. We're recording. We, uh, we mentioned that uh, you were having a fight with nature. And so, uh, yeah, so we're glad to hear that you're back on the air. Uh, yeah. Daniel and I were just posed uh, the question by myself. The, you know, if us today were in a position where, we had to decide whether we wanted a um, a trial with three judges or a jury of our peers, which would we choose? And we were just mentioning how, and, and Dan, that's a great point. Did, did you want to emphasize that point again, Dan? Yeah, the point is this. When you ask that, when you pose a question in that way, that then you really begin to think about, well, what are the benefits of having three judges versus benefits of having a trial by a jury with a jury there. I think, okay. again, it's try, It's a democracy. That's part of a democracy. It's by the people and for the people. So even though it would probably speed things up considerably and we wouldn't have as much backlog in the courts like we do now, just due to general mm -hmm. trial stuff, but also due to COVID, mm -hmm. I think that it would move things through a lot faster. For mm -hmm. myself, I would, you know, I think I would probably go with the trial by the jury. Yeah, yeah I was thinking that too. I, I felt a hesitancy to say the three judges. I was like, 
because I feel like they're going to look at you just from a legal perspective, yeah. mm-hmm. then, you know, realize, Hey, this, this is a person like he doesn't have any priors, you know, that this is seems like a one-off uh, hopefully. And uh, you know, where the judge is like, well, no, he broke the law. Like the law is the law. He broke the law. So it's like, yeah. I, I would be hesitant, I think, to say the three judges. Yeah. What about, I'm, what about you? Yeah. 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 I was going to say exactly the same. I am for jury. Um, even though we talked about how emotions and all that comes to, um, you know, mind, I feel like this is actually important because you are not only looking at the law and breaking the law, you're looking at other things too. And as a human being, one person in the jury um, committee may be more emotional all the other isn't you just sort of complete each other you discuss you go through phases you first talk about the humanity part and then somebody talks about no this is the problem this is the other side of the issue we have to look at so I think by those conversation among people who are sort of um, not in looking just directly into law I think it would be better. I I am for having jury duty um, and, and I am with having jury committee because I feel like with that, besides democracy and having people involved, you are bringing the human part of the issue also into the mix. And it's important. That would have been a great question for you, Saide, in that group discussion you were having a few days ago if you had opposed it in that way. Alex, I thought that was just a fabulous viewpoint. Yeah. Question. It's really good. It really brings it home. It switches like, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes less of a pontificating academic discussion yeah. mm-hmm. and more <laughs> like, whoa, I, which one would you like? Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. You have to think through. Just like today, our conversation brought us at the end to this final decision for each of us that this is how we think. You know, you can't right away say this or that. And plus, at the time there was a lawyer talking against a bunch of younger people. So I was just listening because on the one hand, even the lawyer who was just thinking of the law was just saying how important it is to have different people from different backgrounds who can look at this issue from different uh, view, not just the law. And actually the lawyer was totally for having jury duty and having jury committee. So because I was on the side of the lawyer, I was just sitting quiet and listening. And I wonder too, I was gonna say, I wonder how many of those people, those younger people had ever had encounters with the legal system besides the, excuse me, besides the, working in a locked facility, uh, as I mentioned, uh, one time I remember I went and visited a family friend in prison. And I don't know if ever have you been to prison as a, a, a visitor, hopefully not as a resident, but as a visitor, yeah, it is such a dehumanizing process and experience. Even as a visitor, I was treated very poorly. It was like barked at in a way, no, go there. No, do this. What are you doing? Like, I was like, Hey, like, I, at one point I was like, I've never been here before. I don't know the rules, you know? And they just kind of looked at me and were like, like disgusted. And I, I was just like, this is such a horrible experience. Uh, I've even visited uh, people in jail before. And it was the same thing. It's like they, and, and I understand they probably have to be a little hardened with, you know, how they're interacting with, you know, inmates and prisoners as a, as a rule of thumb or as to, to keep themselves safe in general, but then also too, it's just like, okay, a person isn't being treated like a human in some ways. And so for me, and that's kind of where that question came from. If we're in that experience, you know, it really may change, you know, kind of how you respond to that and thinking, oh, these criminals or, oh, these bad people where the law happens to, you know, law abiding people too. people get into bad situations, people make mistakes. And so, yeah, it's like, you know, who would we want kind of looking at us and assisting with that decision of, you know, what's going to happen to our life in some sense situation. Well, it also brings up that important point stuff we talked about earlier, which is 
like in your job, that job that you had, Alex, where you just had to ask the questions and don't be connecting with the individual, what it sounds like is being asked for is a robot with no emotion. Like you do not care. I don't care. Like there's no human element in it. So that could be just taken care of by a robot. And then if we think about, is that how I would want my experience to go just by a robot? I think most of us would some, I don't think so. I would like to know that there's somebody who can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Alex, my experience was very similar to you. I have visited, um, you know, people in jail twice. And first of all, the whole setup is scary, you know. When you're going the closed doors, doors open, you're behind and another door opens. I mean, the whole experience is so scary that before you get there, you're already freaked out, you know. And uh, as you said, yeah, it seems like you're part of this problem, too, you know, so you're not treated nicely. It reminds me too. I remember when I worked in that locked facility, uh, a professor who I really respected and really liked, who very knowledgeable individual. I remember one time he asked me this question that I was really surprised that he asked. He asked me in, in our seminar where we would talk about our clinical experience. He asked me one time, he says, aren't you scared? And I was like, what? And he's like, aren't you scared to work with those people? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I can't help them if I'm scared of them. I said, I do you know, I do take measures to keep myself safe. I don't turn my back towards them. Like I I won't, I have to be very aware of, you know, who's behind me, you know, how am I positioned? But if I approach, I think, and and again, this is the clinical part of me thinking of them, the individual as the client. If I'm not being able to connect with them and I'm just focused on my fear, like that, that's going to impede my ability to see them as a person. Instead, I'm just going to see them as a threat, kind of as he insinuated, or at least how I took it as those people, you know, them, those people, you know, those criminals almost in that way. And I think it's hard to help somebody. It's hard to humanize somebody if you're scared of them, let alone if you categorize them. Yeah. And I guess, especially if you know a particular case that before getting to final decision on the case, they treated that person like a criminal and acted so tough and acted like this is high up in um, ranking. And then all of a sudden this person is um, innocent, you know, and then you go from there all of a sudden to the person being innocent. You see the treating how harshly, how, you know, they treat that person like a criminal and all of a sudden goes through the steps and then is innocent and then released, then you realize that, oh my gosh. So maybe some of these cases until they um, are, um, you know, the final decision on them is innocent. You don't know how they have been looked at or treated. So you want to be the person who really are neutral. And you're working with that person before knowing, you know, what really has happened. You know, you just want to find out. But I don't think it's easy. I, I really don't think it's easy because I have a friend who is uh, who was with me in education field. And he's a um, psychology doctor. I mean, psychologist working at one of the hospitals in Stockton. And um when I was talking to him, he goes, you know, it's not easy to walk by someone in the hospital that you know this person is a murderer, but is sitting there eating in the cafeteria and you are working with that person and you just, you can't put aside the fact that he's a murderer and now he's your patient he's in the hospital you're visiting that person and he was just sharing his emotions that it's a fact that he is a criminal he's a murderer but he's your patient and he's in the hospital you're visiting so he was just sharing all different emotions that he had and then I asked 
you know, how many psychologists um, are in the hospital and says mostly women, mostly women. And, and mostly these people who are there, they're criminals and they're in the hospitals and all these psychologists are working. And I had a lot of questions to ask. And, mm -hmm. and he said, you know, it sort of becomes part of your life if that's your job. And uh, you walk in that situation thinking, oh, what the heck? If anything happens, happens. I don't want to have that in my mind every day as I'm going to work, you know. Now, I think this is a great topic. Uh, Saida, I'm glad you, you mentioned this uh, for us or to discuss. Uh, and I think we all brought some very valid points. I, I don't think there's a... Uh, point that we can leave with listeners today on this topic, given that uh, the, just the nature of the, the topic. But uh, yeah, definitely something to, to think about in regards to our connection and experience with the legal system from an outsider's perspective, also trying to look at it, what would it be like if that was us on the other side? Uh, also raises some great questions about jury duty and uh, our, our feelings about it, um, given what the system is too. At this point, you know, thinking of, you know, what does that mean to be part of that system, you know, that that civil duty, uh, I am not looking forward to get a getting a jury duty uh, request, but uh, I will probably think about it a little differently because of this conversation. So, well, we're at, we're out of time for today. Uh, Saide, did you want to say some words uh, in Farsi in before we wrap up? And then, uh, sure. yeah. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, ما در رادیو بامداد راجبه هیئت جوری و اینکه شروع صحبتمون در این بود که آیا خوب هیئت جوری داشتن یا قاضی های مختلفی داشته باشیم که قوانین رو بهتر میدونن و نهایت صحبت های ما بالاخره به این نجه رسیدیم که البته این نظرهای شخصی خودمون بود که چقدر سخته فقط این رو بسپریم به دست قانون به خاطر اینکه آدمایی که تو هیئت جوری هستن نگاه به هر حال انسانی قضیه رم دارن و شاید بر همینه که برای رعایت دموکراسی این هیئت جوری درست شده که هر یک نظرات خودشونو بدن و بتونن در مقابل قانون نظرهای شخصی و انسانی رو هم رعایت بکنن ما تمام صحبتامون امروز در این زمینه بود و خوشحال بودیم که تونستیم یک بحث دیگر رو هم هم در مورد مسائل روانشناسی هم قانونی با هم مخلوط کنیم و به سمع شما برسونیم اگر که میخواین به برنامه های ما در ساعت هایی که خودتون وقت دارین گوش بدین خواهش میکنم از طریق آیتون، گوگل و یا از طریق سپاریفای ما رو دنبال کنین تحت عنوان Culture and Psychology ما تا کنون حدود 150 پادکست داریم که میتونیم به برنامهمون توجه بکنیم Thank you Alex and thank you um, Dan If you guys have anything um, to say then uh, we end our conversation oh, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow with another conversation Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon Have a good rest of the day Alright, thank you پس از این زاری مکان عبسه یاری مکان تو این آکان دل دیوانه با غم به مزار خبر دل دیوانه تو باز آمدم از سر کویه او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه
پس از این زاری مکان حوث یاری مکان تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارم دل دیوانه سر کوه او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه بگویم با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارم دل دیوانه به خوابارم دل دیوانه رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا